Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. And how do I grieve when you're still alive? You're not who I knew I've come to realize. Like a smack in the face, you've changed in my eyes. No, that's not the word, you were just in Welcome to this episode of the 9420 Podcast. That was Walking Dead by Brooke Surrett. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you both doing? Hello, Carl and Greg. Hello, Carl and Greg. Hello. You know what? One thing I like is that thing now where they have these um, muted acoustic guitar things where they have this rubber bar you put under the strings that make that boom, that kind of muted guitar sound. And I, I bought yeah. a little Gretsch, Gretsch guitar to do that. And I, you got to buy this piece of rubber and, and you kind of do it yourself. And it, it's kind of cool. So I, I was, it's like an Americana thing that's been happening yeah. the last few years. So I love that. Nice voice. Yeah. And, and nice, nice vibe to the whole thing. 
Like yeah, I, I think it's it struck me as like the the parts and you know the production in general, just kind of reserved, which I really kind of like. I like hearing people play deliberately. You know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, and she, believe it or not, was a fan of the podcast beforehand, found us on Instagram, listened to a couple episodes, and then submitted her music. So that is how we found her and how she is now a part of the 9420 podcast. So now I have a... I have an issue with her now already. Then, <laughs> oh, because she listened to the podcast. So, if she was, so she's Anybody there listening. She's that. there. Yeah, she's there listening, just going, "Oh wow, I want to be part of that." <laughs> <laughs> what's her? What's, what's yeah. her problem? <laughs> she, she's lonely. <laughs> no, well, good. Well, thank you, Brooke. Yes, that's right. If you remember when we were in grade school, it's like, well, if you'll like me, I'll like you, or. If, Right, if right. she likes me, I'll I'll like her. Well, whatever. you know that's a funny thing you bring that up. Who do you like? That's well, what well, they exactly. Well, like, yeah. Don't you just like people who like you? <laughs> I don't know. Like when I was in school, if somebody liked me, oh, I liked them. I kind of quotes liked people that, you know, there were a few that didn't like me. I liked them; they didn't like me. How can you like someone who doesn't like you? It was just like kind of a little prepubescent weirdness you know like i like her do you like me i'm not and even talking about girlfriends people, i'm talking about yeah even like just people in general notes. yeah people would pass notes and then the opposite sex would ask you in class you know who do you like that's what they that's what they would say yeah but do you like like them <laughs> I, I wonder i wonder Jeez. if kids do that today maybe they do maybe they don't they, they do probably everywhere. text or like everywhere. something on instagram <laughs> or right. i doubt they pass notes still they pass cell phones, if that's what it is. Uh, yeah, because uh, I, I think about it's a funny thing you brought up. Like, how do we make friends? Like, I have friends, and like, at some point I met them. Like, you know, I met you, Greg, and obviously, I guess you you thought, okay, I'll deal with him in my life. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I mean, you and I are a strange circumstance because you know I I had interest in your music from a business standpoint, so. You know, it behooved me to, you know, be friends with you. We just we just clicked in our conversation from Yeah, I think we transcended that. Maybe was it um well I was the one that was trying to win your favor, what not the other way around because you were the artist. No, but that 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 you won that easily. I think we we first spoke and I remember I I think I've told the story before when Mm -hmm. Greg, you know, signed me to CSAC back in the nineties. You know, he saw me play at a show. And he first at first he had spoken with my manager at the time. Mm -hmm. And then one day we actually spoke. And I I hadn't met you. So we talked and I said, um, and I remember this I remember this fondly. Uh, you go, you know, Greg, because Greg's my first like southern person I kinda ever knew, you know. <laughs> so I'm going, you know, Greg, it's talking to you, you you kinda sound like Elvis. <laughs> and he goes, Well, I kinda sound like Elvis, but I kinda look like Jackie Gleason. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I remember that I go Ralph wow. crammed it, right? right Ralph <laughs> crammed it. Uh, <laughs> well, speaking of Elvis, did you guys see the article I sent you last week? on the Elvis Act that Tennessee passed for independent music artists. And it's called the Elvis Act? It is called the Elvis Act. Oh, that's yep. interesting. So how, how, how we got to it is. steered into that and even know about it? Yeah, right. I know. I Why is it the Elvis gold. Act? It means you well, got to be like a, a, a redneck? <laughs> no, 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 no. So it's, it's basically the first uh, bill that's passed to help protect 
artists' rights when it comes to AI and their voice. So Tennessee passed it, I believe, late last week, and then we'll see how it holds up in court when artists lean on that to make sure that their voice isn't being replicated and they're not getting paid for it. So a real person can imitate your voice, but artificial intelligence cannot. Correct. That's kind of what I got from the gist of the bill. Wow, that's weird. That doesn't make sense. Uh, Well, it happens. So you can naturally rip them off, but you can't synthetically rip them off. (laughs) Right? Uh, Yeah. I always think when, when people talk about people that sound like Elvis, I always think about this extraordinary situation with this act named Jimmy Ellis. I think he's dead now, but Jimmy Ellis performed in the, I guess, 70s or early 80s. I think it's 70s. And he performed as this artist named Orion, and he looked like Elvis, and they put masks on him. So that if you if you Google Orion, the artist, you'll see this guy, and he made these horrendous album covers where he was kind of uh, masked, and, and the idea was that it might be Elvis. And this was after Elvis's passing, so... Here's what's interesting about it. The guy's voice was absolutely gorgeous. It was impeccable. Had there been no Elvis, this guy, he just had a gorgeous, gorgeous voice. So why didn't he make it? No well, songs? I mean, by some standard, he did. I mean, he they, they made like five or six albums with him. And uh, it's a very, very strange story. Because O-R-I-A-N or O-N? Or I-O-N. Like the, like the constellation. There's actually a documentary out there on this. It's the creepiest, weirdest. You are strangest just like the, a well of like well left field trivia. I mean, hey man, he's, when it comes he's a to well Orion. of infinite obscure knowledge. Right. <laughs> I would like to ask both of you a question and see mm. if either of you saw this in the news. Wow. But how much music was streamed in 2023? What the number? Too much. Mm-hmm, the number. Too much. Who who even knows if that's even true? I don't even seven know seven billion streams. Who, what does that mean? Like how much? Like how many songs are streamed? Like yeah, how, different like, artists or how many? No, collectively song, how many songs? Collectively how many songs were streamed in twenty twenty three? And even if it's one artist fifty times, it's, yep. it's, oh, it's, it's not how many streams, but how many songs were streamed in a single year in twenty twenty three? How many songs were? Streamed? How many songs were streamed? It does. So it's not necessarily just one song, but like. Yeah, so one song could be streamed 50 million yeah. times and one mm-hmm. could be streamed once. Yeah. So that's, that's a, that, what does that even, so that answer means nothing, but what, what is the answer though? Well, Greg, did you want to guess or you want me to just tell uh, you? If, if it's how many songs, uh, I'm going to say 3 billion. 4 B, trillion streams. 4 trillion yep. streams, but that's streams, that's not songs. No, 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 but four trillion songs were streamed. Well, I can assure you that the service providers have not paid for four trillion dollars. Oh, 100%. I agree with that. The whole thing makes me sick. The idea that this streaming thing took away the physical products so that artists could legitimately make a U.S. dollar, it bums me out. But you know what? I'm not going to be. Well, you know what I can't believe. What I, what, I, what I just can't believe is why they can't. If I was a a really super, super, super like computer guy, 
I would invent a program that you could buy that you could easily just take it. Like when someone sends me like a spam email, I get my program, send them back, and it blows up their computer. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would invest in that. You know so what I mean? Much. So and then when right. someone so basically what I would do is that I would just why well, why doesn't somebody either they're too busy like you know like you know hacking into the government stuff. Why doesn't someone just shut off Spotify? Go in and hack into Spotify and turn it off. Well, turn off know, Facebook. I don't know if you guys saw, but at the end of twenty twenty three Spotify actually let go like their I don't know if it was like their chief innovated like algorithm person or whatnot but the person who actually has like their eyes on the algorithm and how it's coded and everything like that they've like let them go and they're like an integral part of spotify so well, this guy this guy's bitter maybe we'll see it you know i think he is bitter i'm sure well, i like guy, he was on a podcast that guy gets around he that. must make a lot of money this guy well. algorithm man he, <laughs> he's like i hear about him everywhere <laughs> hey uh Carl, what you just described psychologically, I mean, I think everybody wants to see some retribution from these people that have been hacking us, right? Well, you know what what's now going on is that there are these really brilliant guys that are kind of computer hackers, but they've decided to be on the side for good. So what they're doing is they're basically hacking into the computer systems, into the networks of the people that perpetrate scams. A lot of them that I've seen are like sweatshop type places in India. But these people that are actually making calls and, you know, like talking old folks out of their right. pensions and that kind of stuff. So these hackers are going online. They're hacking into those networks. And then they're doing things like hacking into the security cameras in these sweatshops. And they're actually discovering the physical locations of these places. And then they're making proactive calls back to the network to say, hey, you know what? If you don't think I know what's going on there, Joe Blow has a red sweatshirt on today, right? Well, what I would do, I'd go further. I would just send it to the authorities and just have them go in there and just close them down. They're doing that, but you know what they do before that? They're creating YouTube channels. Take, yeah, so you would, can watch the whole thing as entertainment and you can get that sense just of Just take all their money. They're sending <laughs> them glitter bombs. Me? They're sending them glitter bombs through just the mail. Glitter bombs accounts. are the worst. What's, yeah, a, what's, well, a, what's a glitter bomb? It's literally like it, it is a package literally. that you open up and it literally <laughs> explodes glitter everywhere. And glitter is the absolute worst thing to ever you try can't and get, get out. it out of it, you know. Yep. Like I have threatened friends that I will send them glitter bombs if they send stuff to my house for like me or my daughter. So you can send a glitter bomb? Yeah. I, you can physically buy we one never and send said it. Anything. Yeah. Carl's going to. He has a new addiction. How much, how much do glitter bombs cost? <laughs> Probably 20 bucks, right? Maybe. Are I'm you telling I'll, me I'll I can Google buy it. a glitter bomb and send it to somebody and then mess with them? Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, I never knew about it. See, I got to. <laughs> this is the best episode for right. Carl. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, they're like, they're like 20 bucks. Good. Yeah. Prank, and you, it, you can get them from Pranks Anonymous. So. <laughs> and what, what, what do they actually do, though? 
So basically, they the have ones a little that, blower in them. They yeah, don't they really destroy little, anything. No, no, no. But like, if you open up the package and you and you open it up, the blower starts and the spring goes and it just sends glitter. Oh wait, everywhere. wait, it's an actually <laughs> yeah, an oh, it's actual, a physical thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. Oh, I thought it's a computer thing. No, 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 no. Because that, I mean, you could clean oh, that someone up. Someone opens the box and, and it blows up in their face. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's Great. pretty. That's pretty good. Cool too. <laughs> and just, just you know. In YouTube, put in uh, computer hacker I'd, I'd bomb. send that. I'd send that to people I like. Even <laughs> <laughs> never mind enemies. I get that's my new Christmas gift. <laughs> Greg, we better not open anything up from I Carl know, any, anytime yeah. soon. Well, hey, look, a new a new present from Carl. The problem is he can send it conspicuously. I so, know. You know. So anyway, so um, so we do have another single by Brooke. If we would like to listen to that. Yes, let's do that. Do we let's have? Is, is anyone sponsoring our, our our endeavors this month? This yeah, week? Well, Hell no. This one we're sponsoring ourselves, the ninety four twenty podcast. <laughs> so we will listen to Brooke's new single, Ghost Town. But before that, hear a little bit about the ninety four twenty podcast. This episode is sponsored by the ninety four twenty podcast. That's right, we are sponsoring ourselves this week and encouraging you all to listen to the over one hundred episodes we currently have in our rotation. Each episode features a new independent music artist who's looking to make it in this industry. For more information, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That is the number is 94 and the letters T-W-E-N-T-Y. once alive If you squint a little and tilt your head At the faded paint on the building side You can see what could have been But I don't want to live just like I'm dead
Another nice track. For you know, I really like that one. Yeah, you know, but I'll tell you something. It is a nice song, but I'm not sure I agree with her sentiment. You know, mm. as soon as I could, I wanted to get out of, get out of where I grew up. You know, yeah. I wanted to move out. I moved to Manhattan. Then I've lived all over the world yeah. and all over the country. I have, a, I have a friend. He bought his house from his parents. And then when he got older, now he sold it to his kids and he lives in the back. So he's basically been in the same house his entire life, yeah. in the same town. And I go visit him sometimes and there's this wonderful continuity to his life that he's been yes. in the town. Yes. Like, yes. And there's something yeah. wonderful about that. Me, like, like I feel like sometimes I feel lost. Like I've been everywhere. Like it's even when I go back though to, to that area, I still feel kind of connected because where I grew up. And so right. there's something about, I don't know, why do we think we need to like, I don't know, move away. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, my my uh, two best friends in the world still live in the little small town, hometown that I grew up in, and I go back and visit. And, and there's something you know, kind of wonderful about that, right? Yeah, I mean, it, they never left, you know. And it's like, I yeah, I think it's incredible. And some people like and, you know frown on that. Oh, what well, you never got out of this town? No, man. That's I mean, a, that like, could be okay. That's usually self-imposed, I think, because sometimes people will say you need to get out of here because there's nothing here, you know. And you hear that from an older generation, but for Can the I most part, man? most people that I know that have stuck around. They have a simpler, more order. Order. I'm going to say my another Carl thing here. Yeah, I, I've yeah. lived all over the world. Yep. I've lived in major cities. I've lived in Europe. There's nothing anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You know. You know. There's nothing anywhere. <laughs> there's nothing anywhere. Because I I love that book that's saying wherever you go, there you are. You know. Like, <laughs> right. So like you know, I, I remember when I was in, when I moved to Europe. I go, wow, this is so cool. I'm in Europe now, and I'm like, I get my journals. Every about twenty minutes of like, okay, different architecture, <laughs> different stuff. It's like there's just me in Amsterdam, <laughs> yeah. me in, me in London. Big deal. I'm like sitting in a room in yeah. London, or sitting in a room in New York, or sitting in a room in Oceanside, Long Island. It's yeah. a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I. I think uh, I mean, I, I, I've had a similar experience. I mean, but I only moved one place. In 1978, I moved to Nashville from across the river from Louisville, Kentucky. And all these years, in, from 1978 on, Nashville does not feel like home to me. I mean, I, home is still where I grew up, as far as I'm concerned. That's my new saying, man. Yeah. Nothing is anywhere. Nothing is anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, is, that, is that what I said? Nothing. Is, it's like you know, I lived in Nashville, and even and then and the Nashville I've lived is is different than the one you lived in there. Mm -hmm. It's different than the one people go to now. It's like it. it, it and it's they different from changing. the one people will visit in ten years. So oh, it's just somebody just posted. The only constant is change. How about that? The Nashville now that we live in. Somebody just posted a picture of it. Listeners won't know, but there's like six inches of yeah, snow, snow on the ground yeah. here. You know, <laughs> people uh, are losing their minds. And people are losing their minds, but somebody just posted a picture of like a bunch of bachelorettes in like like short cocktail dresses and yeah. high heels and stuff. Their party and got ruined. And, and, and it's like they're they're freezing to death on the streets of Lower Broad, and it's like there's three inches of snow, and it's it's a pretty funny picture, right? What I've been thinking recently is the idea – last year was kind of rough on me as far as, like, losing people. You know, I mean, several people that are that have been close to me throughout my life have passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. And so I'm, I'm – you know, I've been thinking to myself, you know what? 
we all only get the blink of an eye to be here, right? So some people may live to be 103. Some people may transition or pass away at 38. Some people may pass away at 66. I mean, we all are only here the blink of an eye. So why stress on a lot of this shit that we get attached to? Oh, it's I don't stupid. Think it's, it's still, you're yeah. right. I, I, that's the whole thing behind Zen. Like, nothing here matters. The blink of an eye. Well, what, what is that? The whole, the golden, the golden rule. Like, you know, there are two, no. two rules. One, right. don't sweat the small stuff. Number two, it's all small stuff. It's all small <laughs> stuff. Exactly right. Anyway, didn't we speak with uh, Brooke? We did. Before Brooke we get pontificated. <laughs> Brooke <laughs> answered our questions of the week. So the first question that we asked Brooke Oh, wait a minute. Is, so, oh, so we asked questions this week. Very cool. We did. Yes, we did. <laughs> As always. But the first question we asked her is to tell us a little bit about herself. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk to you all today. Um, my name is Brooke Surrett. I'm a Nashville-based singer-songwriter. I'm originally from a very small town in Kentucky. And in that small town, there's really nothing to do. So I just kind of turned to music growing up. Um, I was always in choir and musical theater in high school, and eventually I started writing my own songs. And in 2019, I moved to Nashville to attend Belmont University's songwriting program. And that's where my love for songwriting in the Nashville music industry really grew. Uh, I graduated last year, and I have just really been working on my own artist career. I've been really focusing on writing, co-writing, and playing rounds and shows around Nashville. I bet Brooke's been to Bongo Java a few times. Probably. Oh, yeah. If she has not, she and should She comes go. from your neck of the woods, Kentucky. Yeah. Who Kentucky knows? Maybe girl. you guys are from the same small town. She she didn't say what part of Kentucky. No, she, she didn't. Yeah. But we can ask her and we can get yeah. back to you on that. Sure. <laughs> All right. So the next question that we asked Brooke is, what music artists have inspired your career so far? I've really been influenced by everything I've ever listened to um, throughout my life. Taylor Swift is for sure the reason that I picked up a guitar when I was 10 years old, and she still holds a really big influence in my music. As of right now, I've been really inspired by Noah Kahn, Phoebe Bridgers, and Boy Genius, Hosier, and Florence and the Machine. I just love their um, honest lyricism, and they're very poetic yet conversational. I just think it's really multifaceted in that way. I'm also very influenced by people that I co-write with. Um, I love finding people to write with that have different styles than me, that are better than me, that I can learn from. I'm really big on collaboration. And I find that writing with others really expands my sound in fun ways. First sentence is exactly what I say. Everything she's ever heard. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. I do like that Brooke also pulls her inspiration from the people that she surrounds herself with right, and that, writes that's with. Very which cool too. It's, it's very, especially because she pushes herself to find people that don't have the same sound as her. So the last question that of the week that she should have answered is what questions does she have for us? See what she asks us, because I'm always open to answering things. <laughs> I love that y'all discuss both the music we love and the business we tolerate. Um, it's a super relatable I guess, sentiment for independent artists, because there's so much that independent artists have to do business-wise. You know, we have to look at numbers. We do our own marketing. We book ourselves. There's legal stuff. There's just a lot of important industry stuff that we don't have the budgets to pay others to do, which that's an important thing about being an independent artist. It can be really easy to burn ourselves out on the business side of that coin by caring so much about the numbers and getting so wrapped up in marketing that we lose the energy and time to allow ourselves to be creative. But it can also be easy to just say as a creative, oh, don't worry about the numbers or the business, just focus on the art, which would be nice. But realistically, you just can't do that if you want to be successful in your independent career. 
Um, so I guess I'm just wondering, how do you recommend that independent artists find that balance between both equally important sides of that coin? There is no balance. You know, I just realized you're not independent. You're dependent. You know, <laughs> if, you were inde- if you were independent, you wouldn't need anything. <laughs> He's not saying that directly at you, Brooke. He's just having an epiphany. You're going to change that topic. All people who don't have record deals are dependent artists. We're dependent on everybody else to help us. But even, even truly recording artists are dependent on the label. You wouldn't need so. anybody. <laughs> There's no independence, my friend. So forget that term. I think to maybe answer her question just a little bit so she understands there's going to be seasons of everything where you have more time to give to things that maybe you feel you can and there's going to be seasons where you can't and you just have to go with the flow on where your time and energy should be spent based off of what's happening in your career. My advice would be to find out who your representative is with your respective performing rights organization, ASCAP, BMI, CSAC, GMR, and likely not, all tracks, whatever your performing rights organization is, find out who the representative is that has your name beside theirs in the inner workings of the performing rights organization and pick up the telephone and have a conversation with that person and say, do you know about my music? Have you heard my music? Is there any way that we can get together so I can play you some tracks? Do you know any publishers that may be interested? You know, I think I told the story already, but I know I'm cutting you off, but who cares? <laughs> I, I, I remember back, back in the 80s, we had this, I really wanted to get a hold of Miles Copeland, the head of IRS Records. <laughs> I, I thought they'd be great. So what I did, and that was back when we sent cassettes. So was what that I when did, you sent the toasters? I sent the toaster <laughs> yeah. with a cassette. And then every week for about two months, I kept sending a toaster. I finally got a letter back from IRS. Dear Mr. Olaco, please stop sending us toasters. <laughs> I know. I and they never even, they never even mentioned it's the classic. They never, they even, never even mentioned yeah, the cassette. Yeah, the Right, right. Well, I mean, I, I've always thought this. I mean, for my oh, entire 30-year career in the performing it's rights so field, toasters. I've thought that people, you know, you make a decision as to who's going to represent your music, right? So... Put those people to work. I mean, that's what they are. That's what they're paid for. No one knows anything about music anymore. Well, that may be true, but oh, plus uh, I was on TV last week, right? You were on TV. Yeah, I was on Good Morning America with uh, anybody who uh, streams uh, Good Morning America three songs of love. The charity I work with had a nice little spot, Mm -hmm. so go um, check that out and uh, and donate. I'll link. So what we learned this week is this is that there are no such thing as independent artists. You, you are dependent <laughs> right. artists. And, right. that, um, and that's it. That's, that's, that's today's it. That's lesson. That's about it, yeah. And that's, the Elvis Act came to Tennessee. And the Elvis yeah. Act, so. Yeah, Orion. Yeah. And Orion, right? Go yeah. check out Orion. All right. Get us, get us out. Get us out, please. All right. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast. For everything that we spoke about, you can go to our website, which is 9420.com. That's the numbers 94 and the letters T W E N T Y. Until next time, we'll talk to y'all later. 